Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 29 of the Audible Farm podcast. I'm your host. My name's Peter Stockdale. This week, I'm sitting down with royalty. You heard me right. I've got the Iowa Pizza King in the house. I am sitting down with Kyle Peterson, and we talk about why he loves pizza so much and why he's got a Facebook page called the IA Pizza King Reviews. We discuss a lot of other things, too. We come to find out that uh, we have the same things in common as far as musical tastes and a lot of our entertainment value dollars go towards the same things. For example, I spent a lot of years watching pro wrestling, and so did he, and somehow the two of us have never really crossed paths until recently. We went out and grabbed a slice of pizza at the uh, local pizza place, I guess, from where I'm from. It's called Pasquale's. I love the pizza there. I always have. It's been one of my favorites, and we discuss it in great detail. So this is episode number 29 with Kyle Peterson. He calls himself the Iowa Pizza King. We talk about his social media. I dropped some links down below, so if you want to follow him, go ahead and follow him. But I hope you enjoy this interview because I had a blast sitting down with him and grabbing a slice. So episode number 29, Kyle Peterson. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. I'm sitting down today with Kyle Peterson, and uh, you are better known online by your internet personality as the Iowa Pizza King. Correct. And uh, what what's the deal with that? Why do why start with the Pizza King thing? Yeah. Well, I I eat pizza all the time, have since I was a little kid. Just as most kids, you love pizza, but it was really a passion for me. And one day I was at work with a buddy and we were eating lunch and he says, hey, Kyle, you know, you eat pizza like every single day. Yeah. Why, why don't you start like blogging or at least keeping a track of it? And I said, you know, what's a good idea. I wouldn't mind having that just for myself. And so I just put a, a page or not even a page. I just kind of put it on my, my uh, personal Facebook page. And started putting reviews up of places I've been to, a way to kind of keep track. And, you know, for a lot of years, people would ask me, hey, what's the best pizza place? They knew I eat pizza all the yeah. time. So that, that's what started it. That's and a, then kind of went from there. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> not too long ago, I saw somebody had shared the IA Pizza King uh, Facebook page. And so I, I gave it a like because you never know what's going on on the internet. So you might as well check <laughs> it out. And, and aside from being a good place to find... Uh, where the good pizza's at uh, anywhere in Iowa for the most part. Uh, it's, it's, sometimes you got a pretty comical take on some of the pizzas. Hey. <laughs> I, uh, one, one specifically was I think you went to a baseball game and you said the pizza was like two out of ten slices. But your daughter was like, no, nah, this is amazing <laughs> pizza. It's like eight out of ten at least. And you were like, yeah. well, you can pick and choose who you want to believe on this one, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it goes by, you know, when you're a kid, you have a terrible taste, probably in everything, but pizza <laughs> specifically. I remember as a kid, Little Caesars was across the street from my uh, elementary and junior high, and I would go over there all the time and eat pizza. And I still to this day say, Little Caesars used to be way better back in the day. But you go there now, it's horrible. It's absolutely got awful. It is garbage. Yeah. However, my yep. eight-year-old daughter absolutely loves little caesars she she longs for the summertime because we would get it to go and we take it to a park and eat and play yeah. at the park and that's what 
hey, when I was a kid, I wanted to do that too. But oh yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that uh, I think that was at Omaha, that CHI Arena or something. Uh, yeah, where where that pizza and it was god awful. It was horrible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> call a spade a spade. It wasn't Pizza Ranch bad, but it was uh, pretty bad. Uh, but my, but my daughter, oh, this is a ten. Oh, this is a ten. You know, she she loves it. So yeah, it's all who, yeah. You believe who you want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> So most of your reviews, uh, I see a lot of them are from the Des Moines area. That's yeah. uh, where you reside. But Correct. but we were talking a little bit before the podcast how your job allows you to travel. Correct. So you kind of knock out two birds with one stone as as often as you possibly yeah. can and yeah. uh, get some of the best pizza elsewhere in the state. Let's start with the Des Moines area. I mean, I don't want to just start calling out the best pizza places <laughs> and, and certifying it Audible, Audible Farm certified, but yeah. where are some of your favorite places in the Des Moines area? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Des Moines I know real well. It's my backyard. I grew up in West Des Moines as a kid, so you know, you think of places in West Des Moines, you think of the tavern, um, Joe Corso's Pizza way back in the day. Um, that was about it, and Pizza Hut. You know, I always... Back in the day, too, Pizza Hut, Domino's, all those were great. Yeah. Uh, quality has went down over the years. But yes. uh, the Des Moines area has so many good pizza places. It, it is a sleeper pizza. You, you know, people think of the New York, the Chicago, yeah. uh, even Detroit. Um, but Des Moines has a lot of good ones. And, you know, it's it's Midwest style in Des Moines for the most part. Uh, a cheesier pizza with a lot of cheese, generous on the toppings. Um I guess I can go. Anybody can check uh, the Iowa Pizza King on Facebook out if they want. I got my top 10 list from last year. But, yep. you know, the, the big winner last year for me was Winds in Norwalk. Um, they also have a location in Indianola. But uh, just great people there, but great uh, pizza that stands on its own. I mean, it's it's a great pizza. The crust is, is something out of this world. Graziano sausage is – I'm a huge supporter of the Graziano oh, yeah. sausage. Yep. You know, I, I'm kind of – I always, you know, as most people that know that follow me, but I always start my pizza reviews with sausage pepperoni. I use that as a control, how I, I judge a place. Yep. And I'm, I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but sausage, I, I don't know if I like sausage. I, I like Graziano sausage. Oh, yeah. But other sausages, I mean, sometimes they're just straight out hot garbage. Like sometimes uh-huh. you get some of those frozen little balls and they just uh, throw them on a pizza. I mean, they're, they're horrible. I'd rather just not have sausage pizza, but I am totally in the same ballpark as you. I almost never order hamburger or sausage at almost any pizza place based on exactly that. Yeah. Cause I, I just hope that they're actually going to put ground beef on it and, or actual ground pork yeah. with seasonings instead of like sawdust soy and and whatever byproducts and just pitch it on a pizza there's a lot of pizza places that i swear they get like jimmy dean sausage out of the freezer and they just cut that up on their pizza and it's like i don't want breakfast sausage on my pizza i need like an italian i I always go on a lot of my reviews i say it it was missing that factor of love it was missing the love and the pizza yeah and that's truly what i think graziano's gives you know i I wish i was getting paid by graziano's i put them over all the time but uh (laughs) Um, they truly are. It's my favorite sausage I've ever had. There's some other good ones out there that make a homemade uh, sausage. There was Michael's in Grinnell I went to recently. Cool. They had a really good sausage. It wasn't quite Graziano sausage, but it wasn't like I was talking about the breakfast sausage. It yeah, was yep. a good homemade. You know, whenever I see a homemade sausage, it's usually better because it's got that love to it. They, they're making it homemade. Yep. Um, oh, that's so 100%. That's Wins Norwalk is a real good one. You know, the Mad Meatball, uh, another good one, um, kind of over by Principal Park there off of uh, MLK. Okay. Um, they got a good pizza, too. Um, 
I love uh, what else is good. I mean, there there's so many in Des Moines. You know, there's one place, uh, a Pi Five, which is a chain. I don't know if uh, everybody's heard of it, but it's I always call them kind of the the Subway pizza places. There's a Pi Five. There's Blaze. Yep. Um, a few of those where you go up to the counter, and you make your own. Well. Uh, the Pi Five in Ankeny is great. You know, it's right down the road from my work, which is nice too. Yeah. But uh, but they do a really good pie there for for being a chain place. It's yeah. always consistent. Uh, they always make it just how I like it. So um, a little bit of everything. That's awesome. Let's uh, let's start talking crust wise. You All and right. I had a small discussion beforehand. Yeah. I wanted to wanted to save the meat of the discussion <laughs> yeah. for for the podcast, but. Let's go thick or thin crust or uh, deep dish oh or or what are we talking here? Oh Most people understand like on the big chains, you got like your or your uh, Pizza Hut, you got your yep. Godfathers, you got your Domino's. A lot of that's like, I would call it like a thicker crust. Yeah. But there are some places with thin crust. And mm-hmm. uh, what's what's your take on well, the whole? It's funny. Is the, out of all the chains, I'll say Domino's, thin, super thin crust from Domino's is a sleeper. It is a sleeper hit. It is one of the best pizzas I don't know if I would I wouldn't say best pizzas ever, but it's up there. It's way better than you'd think it would yeah. be. Yeah. Uh it's definitely worth a visit. If if somebody out there, listeners haven't tried it, you gotta try that super thin from Domino's. That's really good. But uh I, I like a thin crust and I don't know if that uh once again goes back to where I was raised in um Iowa. Yeah. You know, Midwestern pizza is a, a very cheesy pizza. Yep. Uh, good toppings and traditionally thin and bar cut is preferred. You know, the square slices. Yeah. Love that. But I'm all in on thin. It, it's got to be a thin. I'll eat anything. I'm, I like all pizzas. Um, but thin is what's in for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I do like a pan. I, when I think of pan, it's like I'm chasing that dragon. I'm trying to get back to the old days of Pizza Hut pan pizza. Yeah. In the 80s, that was a gold standard. I mean, I don't know if I just didn't know any different or what, but that was so good back then. Yep. Um, there's there's a place uh, in Polk City called Papa's Pizzeria that's really good. And, oh, cool. And they have a pizza that tastes a lot like that old school Pizza Hut flavor on the pan. Nice. That's probably the best pan I've had in a long time. Um, and then as far as deep dish, boy, I, a lot of people know I'm not a deep dish fan. I think it's basically lasagna. Yeah. yeah mean, we, we had talked about that. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I, I'll eat it. I don't mind it. I usually scrape some of those. I don't need, you know, three inches of sauce on the top. That's just overkill to me. Yeah. Um, so I'll scrape some of that off, but I'm not a huge deep dish guy. You know, my favorite Chicago place kind of getting off again is a place called Pequod's. Yeah, I've been recommended uh, that to go there forever. I finally went there last year. It, it changed my life. Um, it's not really a deep dish. I consider it more of a pan. Yeah. And you know, uh, the art of a good pan, I think, is the hardest one of any. I think it, a lot of places can do a thin crust. A lot of places can do a deep dish, but to get that middle sweet spot of a pan, yeah. is, is tough. There's yeah. not many places that do it. Yeah, I could I could totally pick up on that. Like uh, <laughs> the the thicker pizzas, I always felt like. A lot of places overcompensated where it's just like your crust is now an inch and a half thick and your toppings are yeah. so thin yeah. that it just doesn't compensate for the amount of bread. And it drives me nuts with the deep dish because let's say you get there on a Friday night, you're going out with the family for a deep dish. You get there, you might have to wait you know, 20 minutes, let's say, to sit down and order. And then you got another hour to wait yeah. for your pizza. Yeah. I know I know a lot of people say, oh, you can call ahead and do that. But I'm not calling ahead my pizza. I want to go in and have the whole experience. Yeah. And 
you're sitting all of a sudden your meals four hours long when you're uh, yeah. waiting for it to cook and yeah i recall being on uh, lakeshore drive in chicago a handful of times and going like let's go get some deep dish and then you it's like you forget they're like yeah. oh 45 minute to an hour and 20 wait for a deep dish and you're yeah. like, by the time it's all said and done, you're not even hungry. You don't even want the pizza yeah. anymore. And they always uh, seem to sucker you in with, well, you know, the pizza takes an hour, so you might want to get an appetizer. So I'm like, yeah, I'm really hungry. I'm going to get an appetizer, a salad. You're full by the time the pizza comes. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I always make the mistake. I usually always get a large pizza no matter where I'm at because, hey, I'm going to take some leftovers home if I need to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love cold pizza, too. Um so deep dish, I'll order a large. Well, after you've had your appetizer, you've had your salad, and you've had one or two pieces, you're pretty much spent. And yeah. then you're, you're sitting with you know 10 extra or 5 extra slices or whatever. Yeah, it weighs like 12 pounds. And a deep dish, uh, as most know, are a pretty pricey pizza. I mean, yeah. you get to $40, $50 easily, uh, depending on how many toppings you like. In a oh, deep yeah. Dish. Yeah. So. so I'm kind of on the same, same spectrum as you. I don't know why I prefer the thin crust. I don't know why I prefer the bar cut. It's. Uh, I think it's it bred into you if you're from Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah. It, it's kind of the standard in my travels I've seen. I mean, it's it's to the point where I cut frozen pizzas in, in bar cuts yeah. now. And I I don't know if it it's it's just more fun to eat that little corner piece or what, what the too. deal is. I don't know what it is. As a kid, I don't remember ever having bar cut style pizza. Um, the chains obviously don't cut it that way. Yeah. Um, so that's probably why. But something tastes better in a bar cut. I don't know. It goes back to that love, that secret ingredient. It's easy to cut it into eight slices. But uh, to truly cut a good bar slice is, is a little science to it. I'd yeah, say. no kidding. So. Uh, you and I actually just recently went to Pasquale's here in oh, Humboldt, yeah. and uh, I got to sit down with the the pizza king himself, yes. Kyle Peterson, and uh, we we noshed on a couple pizzas while we were there. And and Pasquale's does the bar cut. Pasquale's is for those that don't know, Pasquale's is a pizza chain. Well, it's a, just a single restaurant yep. now, but yep. it's it's in Humboldt, Iowa, and uh, that's where it started. And it's They've got frozen pizzas. They send them all yeah. around the state. You can find them in most of your grocery freezers. I think most freezers. people know them from their frozen pizza. Yeah. Especially in the Des Moines area where, you know, growing up uh, as a kid, I worked at Hy-Vee for a lot of years. And yep. uh, that was a staple in the frozen section there. And they used to demo at my store every Saturday, Sunday. And I, I don't know how many breakfast pizzas and pepperoni pizzas of Pasquale's I've had in my life, but it's, well, probably over a thousand. Yeah. And I'm not even <laughs> exaggerating by that. It's easily. And that's how I got to know them. And then, you know, uh, outside of college or so, 2004, I went to Iowa State and I'd make pilgrimages yeah. <laughs> up here to, for the pizza. And it, it's been probably a year, year and a half since I've been to Pasquale's, at least since I've been doing the pizza gig reviews. Yep. So I was like, I need to get an official one in here. And this yeah, just no worked kidding. out to meet out and uh, hook up on some pizza. Yeah, no kidding. It's 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 something else that might just be a midwestern thing but just like sitting down and eating pizza with somebody is just yeah it just feels like a nice homey thing to do you know you know it's there's there's more to it than let's say if we went to mcdonald's or you went to uh even like a burger place like a, a fuddruckers or something it's just yeah something more about pizza it's you know that's one thing i do long for and i miss is that old school pizza feel of the restaurants that you think of the 80s pizza hut i always go back yep. to that they'd always have that sit down tabletop uh pac-man or whatever in there yep. arcade yep. games and that's that's a lost science there's not really many you know one uh place up in marshalltown called zeno's they have an arcade in there and uh it's got that old school pizza feel 
you know it's a good pizza restaurant when you can smell the pizza outside. Pasquale's has that. Yeah. You park and you can immediately smell the pizza coming through the air. Yeah. Uh, Zeno's has that when you're walking down the sidewalk. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just baked into the air in the building because they've been doing them for so long. It but could be. It, it's a great feeling. I It puts a smile on my face every time. So, so yeah, it's not necessarily just about going and grabbing a slice yeah. for you. It's it's an all-encompassing kind of it's, deal. It's the experience. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with Big Tomato. You probably have yep. Big Tomato a million times. Uh, late night staple in Des Moines. Something about that experience. You know, you... There's just something about it. A late night, it, it could be the the worst pizza ever, but some somehow at midnight, 1 a.m. or whatever, it's the greatest pizza ever. I don't know what it is. You want to hear my big tomato story? Oh, I'd love to. All right, so uh, one day after a show, everybody in the band that I was in decided, let's go to Big Tomato and grab a slice. So I'm the first one there. I pull up outside, and there's two guys in a fist fight outside. <laughs> and so I said, I'm not going to Big Tomato. So that's the only time I've ever been to Big Tomato was I pulled up out front, and there was two guys fighting, and I... Cops, like cops pulled up and everything. I just haven't ever been back. You've never really? No, seriously. Holy cow. And everyone just says it's like the greatest oh. thing ever. And I don't know why. I just never, you know, I never went back. It is just, I actually saw a guy get stabbed out front of the tomato <laughs> one time. Uh, probably 2005 or six, maybe. I shouldn't laugh. But the guy yeah. got like shanked right in line. And I just, he fell to the side and the cops came and everything. But I kept going in line. I wasn't scrambling. I'm, it, it gets to be a long line at night. I'm not yeah, giving up is. that spot for anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I went there just recently, uh, she's two weeks ago and I was so disappointed for some reason, a magical slice. There is barbecue beef Alfredo. Uh, it sounds, Whoa. it sounds terrible. I'm not even a big Alfredo, like Alfredo on pasta. I don't like, Yeah. but somehow the barbecue beef, the barbecue Alfredo taste together. It, is magical it is one of the greatest huh. slices i've ever had it sounds horrible it it's it, amazing it honestly does not sound no good. It, i don't know how i even tried it in the first place but my eight-year-old daughter super picky she tried it and fell in love with it i mean it's something oh, one of those things awesome you gotta try so unfortunately two weeks ago it was off the menu so that worries me a little bit so hopefully oh no it goes Ho- back on. hopefully it didn't disappear forever <laughs> you can order it if you order the whole pizza but uh you know slice yeah. the slice game is where it's at at big tomato oh yeah uh so. I'm imagining Big Tomato being a lot like a Mesa pizza kind of place where you just walk in and most of it's by the slice. But like you yeah. said, you can order a whole pie yeah. if you want one. Yep. You can. Uh, I think they do a lot of slice business. There's usually two pages of different slices they have Jeez. every night. And I think slices start at 11 o'clock. And nice. It's a great nightcap uh, place. There's been plenty of times I've been sitting at home and said, hey, you know what? Let's go to Big Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's sweet. Yep. So, uh. Not only do you do the pizza thing, I mean, we can definitely come back yeah. to, to the pizza thing, but uh, y- you also do a lot of, you're a big pro wrestling fan, yeah, and you have been for quite a while, and yeah. I've, I've seen, this is the crazy thing, you and I just recently became friends on Facebook, and I've, I've seen that you've been to shows and, yep. and been to past shows, and you know, over the last 10 years or so, I don't know how I haven't run into you yeah. once before. Well, I'm sure we've been at many of the same shows, just yeah, haven't noticed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, just never said hi to one yeah. another. But, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit of pro wrestling yeah. here. So, uh, I mean, one of them, there's two companies I would say I go to the most in Iowa, and it was mm-hmm. 3X Wrestling and Impact Pro Wrestling. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you've been to plenty of those yep. shows. Uh Impact, it's, it seems like was you've been to a lot more yeah. of those than 3X uh, yep. from the small talk we had yeah. before the podcast. But uh, what kind of got you started into like enjoying pro wrestling? 
I don't know. I think it, I think I'm the right age, so I'm uh, 38. So I was born in 1980, the greatest yep. year ever for heavy metal. By the way, we can uh, get to that later. Yep, 1980 yep. was the year of heavy metal. I think that's why I like it so much because 80 had so many great releases. But anyways, yep. 1985 is when I got into wrestling. So I was five years old, and I have watched, never missed anything since then. It's yeah. been like one of those things. Like it's a constant in my life. It's like something that brings me back to. Whatever. It's just like, uh, it's a constant. It's always there. Oh, yeah. And I had a couple of waivers a little bit, maybe in 94, 95. It was a little uh, bad. I still yeah. taped it. I'd fast forward and watch it. And then um, I got it back into it pretty huge in uh, in the uh, mid and late 90s with ECW. I remember as a, as a kid, yeah. uh, I bought DirecTV just for my room in my parents' house, and I paid <laughs> for DirecTV just so I could get the Sunshine Network to watch ECW back then. Um, but always just loved it. I loved the over-the-topness of it. You know, Ultimate Warrior was my favorite. Uh, a lot of people don't like Warrior, have things he wasn't the greatest, but to me, just being the age I am, I think, he just meant so much oh, yeah. to me. Uh, I got a full um, fathead life size in my basement of Ultimate Warrior. I got Ultimate Warrior <laughs> stuff all over the place. I mean, just, I don't know. The, I think the bright colors, the heavy metal music, uh, you know, the uh, physique on him. I mean, he was ripped out of his mind. Yeah, uh, totally. Just something about that, you know, draws in a kid of my age at that time. And uh, still to this day, I, I think of Warrior, you know, the intensity and the way he talked. I mean, it gets you pumped up, gets you fired up for your job. You know, I don't know. It seems kind of lame, I guess, to some people, but somebody got, you know, I got Ultimate Warrior in my office at work. You know, it's just, you look to the warrior. What would the warrior do? But got into wrestling and followed it through ever, followed it through high school, followed it through college. Um, I I met Troy Peterson of Impact Pro Wrestling back in 2004, probably. And nice, you know, we we hit it off. We both have the same last name, no relation. So (laughs) anybody that has the O N, I always love the O N Petersons. That's how you spell it. Yeah, Um, that's how you're supposed to spell it. That's how you're supposed to spell it. Uh, (laughs) But Troy and I hit it off. We've been friends, gosh, 15, 16 years now since then, and went to tons of shows down when they were in Delta, and you know, became friends with a lot of the the guys. uh, Tony Sly and you know Devin Carter, uh, AJ Smooth, a lot of those guys, uh, oh, good yeah. friends to this day, and uh, still see them all the time at the shows. You know, uh, obviously getting out of college, uh, you start your work career, you you get married, you you have a family with kids. You know, it's you can't get around as much as you used to, but yep. um, still made shows every once in a while. Definitely the Hall of Fame show is the big one uh, for IPW in July uh, up in Waterloo. Yeah, uh, cheap, oh, yeah. Plug, cheap plug for Troy out there, but everybody ought to look into that one. Uh, it's uh, a huge show. Yeah, I'm I'm not one to just interrupt you here, but yeah. that that was that's a dark horse of an amazing show that people don't know about. Like you can go to that hall of fame show and it's it's every summer near the fourth of july yeah it's like a week or two weeks after the fourth of july usually. and and there's there's dozens of mm-hmm. wrestling talent folks there i mean between uh like the one year there was like larry hennig was there and uh bulldog let's see no vashon uh, oh yeah mad dog mad dog vashon yep. oh god i mean you know, Baron Von Rash, B- I mean, Brian Blair, of, a lot of the AWA legends. I but mean, Dan Severn was yeah. there one year. Road Warrior Animal. I mean, yep, Edge Scott has been Steiner. there. Scott Steiner. I mean, it's every year there's going to be at least four or five ridiculously big names there, along with some of your favorites yep. from the '80s. And it's 
like I said, it's Dark Horse amazing. When I, the first one I went to, I was like, how did I not go to these before, mm-hmm. you know? And then, you know, after you go to five or six, you're almost so starstruck by all yeah. the people that you're just eventually just like, it's another famous person. What's up? And then you're just yeah. like, all right, see ya. You know, you, yeah. like I, I, at the last couple, I didn't even take pictures with people anymore. It was just like, yeah, yeah. just go say hi to them and stuff yep. like that. One of my favorite stories about going to those shows was with the very first one I went to, I talked to Larry Hennig for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, we we're just sitting there hem-hawing about like how awesome it is that this thing happens and all the people that are coming in and how cool it is that this thing's happening. And then he walks away and someone's like, what are you talking to Larry Hennig for? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, that's Larry Hennig. I'm yeah. like, oh, son of a bitch. The guy is so nice. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, you know, and that's, unfortunately, he just died recently. Yeah. So, yep. But he was a, a funny guy. He had those. He was always holding court and, and talking. Um, you know, I, I give Troy huge props. Uh, a few years back, Terry Funk was in. And yeah. Outside Ultimate Warrior, Terry Funk was my other favorite. Oh, yeah. Remember, I'll never forget the Flair Funk I Quit match from 1989. Yeah. I, yeah. I was actually eating at a pizza place with my, my family. <laughs> I remember this to this day. I lived two miles from that pizza place. Clash of the Champions was starting at 7. And we were under the gun. It was taking forever of food. And I said, Dad, I got to go. And I ran. I sprinted two miles home just to get home in time for the Clash of Champions (laughs) for that. But I got to spend two full days with Terry Funk. I was kind of his handler for the weekend. That's awesome. I knew how much I loved uh, Terry and and let me do that. And I got to hang out with Terry and shoot the breeze with Terry for two full days. I mean, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, Um, man. But this year, I mean, the last few years, you know, the the WWE tryout is a big thing they have there every year. So they bring uh, you know people from all over the country come and Jerry Briscoe, JJ Dillon, uh, they do the talent evaluations. It's always huge. Um, and with Jerry Briscoe's tie-in, uh, they've been bringing WWE uh, stars every year. Yep. Um, you know, there's uh, some names being kicked around. Just uh, Troy might have told me, but I'm not gonna tell Whoa. him now. But yeah, don't let uh, the cat out of the bag on that one. This year should be a big one if it all rings oh. true. You know, WWE, it's all on schedules, injuries, that kind of stuff. But you yep. know, the last few years they've had what. Uh, Chad Gable was up there. Ricochet uh, was Ricochet there. Like was right there. before he got signed. Yeah, right before he got signed. You know, Big E was there uh, yep. a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, You know, there's a lot of the guys that are up and comers. I mean, Big E wasn't the huge superstar he is now. I mean, he was on his way. Yep. But um, they've had some really good talent in here the last few years. And uh, this year would is going to be pretty awesome if it all holds true. So Yeah, uh, that's – I mean, that Impact Pro Wrestling – uh hall of fame show that's the other thing that's really cool that pro wrestling hall of fame in waterloo i mean it's not just pro wrestling there's amateur wrestling stuff there too but there's some awesome stuff in there they uh you know team up with rob schamberger Mm -hmm. uh he does a lot of art out of kansas city a lot of people in the pro wrestling community whether or not they know that they know him they've seen his art they know it's it's crazy how many people are like oh i know i've seen these you know look at all the recent up until the last couple of sets the wwe uh, mattel figures have had his artwork in the figures yeah on the packaging so a lot of people know it you'll know it when you see it it's one of those kind of things yeah and it's like one of those crazy things where i i didn't realize i mean i knew he was getting really big but it was it wasn't until i was walking through a walmart one day and i was like holy crap his name's on all these action figures you know That's friggin' nuts. Yep. You know, so props to him for, you know, going for the dream and sticking with it. Uh, So you kind of, through Troy, got your way into the indie wrestling scene and started hanging out with, you know, some of the wrestlers, going to the shows, uh, kind of getting a little more chummy with everyone. And one of the things I think I like the most about the pro wrestling scene is there's a lot of community in there. Um, It's... 
a lot of times it catches a lot of flack because there's a lot of infighting, but there's a huge community there and everyone for the most part supports each other a lot. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of the coolest things. Like you said, I used to go to at least one wrestling show every single week. I mean, it was almost mm-hmm. like once a week I would go yeah. to a show sometimes twice on a weekend and it was nothing for me to like drive to Des Moines and then drive to Kansas city the next night for a show and then come back or something. You know, it was, it was nothing new to me to do that but as of late i haven't been able to make it to too many shows and it's just i mean some of it's by choice and some of it's by default because i'm so so busy (laughs) like i don't know we were talking a little bit earlier while we were eating some pizza about how i I just recently went back to school so i'm I'm just busier than i've ever Mm -hmm. been in my life but on the rare chance that i do make it to a show it's pretty awesome seeing some of these guys faces light up to and it's it's wild to me that a wrestler the person that i went to go see will see me at a show and be like, oh, holy cow, you're here. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and so they know the fans that are there to watch them every yeah. single week, especially at those indie shows, and they grow just as attached to you as you do to them. Yeah, they they definitely appreciate the people they see week in, week out, or month in, month out, and uh, get to know them. You know, they're personable. You can hang out with them, talk to them. You know, that's how I became friends with a lot of them. They're just shooting the breeze with them. It's... You know, it's not, uh, let's say you go to your WWE show. You're not going to get to go talk to the guys. You're not going to no. get to go hang out. But here you can. And the nice thing about the the local scene, too, is they do bring in some big names. And then you're going to see guys that are on their way up. Like uh, you referenced earlier, Ricochet. He's now on Raw, SmackDown, everything. But he was, you know, an IPW's ring, you know, a year two years ago. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins is one that comes to mind. You know, he, how many shows did I see him throughout the Midwest for yeah. years? Yeah. Uh, and now look at him like one of the biggest guys in the world for wrestling. So yeah, it's cool. You never know who you're going to see or who you're going to meet. And um, yeah. Yeah. Just the other thing is I know I get that a lot of people draw the parallels of like, you can go listen to music on the radio and that would be like the equivalent of WWE wrestler. And then if you go to like a bar and listen to a band, some people turn their nose up at it, mm-hmm. but maybe it comes from me playing music or, yeah. or just appreciating the entertainment value of it. But I enjoyed going to see indie wrestling so much more than WWE because it seemed like everything was more personable. Even even if like a heel was insulting you to your face, yeah. it just seems like there's so much more connection there because there's only a couple hundred people in the building, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and that was always some of my favorite things where you just felt so much more connected to the actual show that was going down. For sure. Um, just for that simple fact. I mean, it's a good parallel. I mean, you think of like going to the Rolling Stones is like going to the WWE. It's a huge show. It's expensive. Yep. Um, it's good. They're both great. Yep. But then you go to an indie wrestling show, which might be like going to a smaller band or, or a local band. Yep. Great too. Total different experience. Obviously going to be a little lighter on your wallet, but a lot uh, personable and get to hang out. And it's yeah, two different things. They're both good. But yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bang for your buck in going for to sure. a, going to a an indie wrestling show. Another thing we were talking about while we were eating was, uh, uh, you've definitely been to enough shows that you can probably attest to this. But I was talking about how, you know, over the course of five, six, seven years, going to you know fifty shows a year or so, yeah. you get to watch so many people from around the state grow and get better at at their huh. at their art form that they have, and so many of these wrestlers get so much better that. Like, like I said, I, I went a couple of years without going to a show and then you show back up at one and somebody that you thought was a novice yeah, now fits in so well that yeah. it's like, how was this guy ever that much of a beginner at one point in time? Yeah. And I'm not going to name names, but hats off to everybody that's out there training and training these guys and gals to, yeah. to go out there and wrestle because... 
you know, it's all about putting your time in, paying your dues. I mean, the parallel with music's always there too, because it's the same as some of those bands. You know, your first gig you probably ever did probably wasn't the best gig no, of your career. No, sir. No. <laughs> I'm sure that's a story in itself, but uh, you get better. You keep honing your craft. You keep at it. You start to learn to work an audience, and you know, before you know it, you're at the top of your game. Yeah, no kidding. I, I, the parallels that are there are are almost insane. I mean, yeah. obviously, like Mick Foley was one of the first people to coin the phrase, the real world's faker than wrestling. And um, uh, that drew a lot of light to the parallel between pro wrestling and, and almost everything else. Yeah. In all honesty, there's a lot of parallels between a lot of things. Yeah. But there's a lot of truth to be told to uh, the way that pro wrestlers uh, act and get treated uh, on a social scale, and then you translate that into almost any other entertainment form. Mm-hmm. It's 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 there i mean they made darren arnofsky made the movie the wrestler and that drew the parallel between uh yeah a wrestler that was past his prime and a a stripper that was past her prime Mm -hmm. and how they both got treated poorly for no longer being in their prime and and the parallels between the things they had to do to try to to achieve what they once had and and that's something else that i the the parallels that are there are there for a reason, but I think a lot of more of it comes to light in pro wrestling because they break the fourth wall so much more. Yeah. Like they're more willing to discuss those things openly than mm-hmm. most other places or even throw them into storylines. Yeah. And, yep. and I mean, maybe that's one of the thing I, one of the things I took to so much about it. Cause I mean, I started watching pro wrestling in the late nineties. We'll say yep. it was about 96 or seven. Yep. And that was kind of like you said, when ECW started kind of just, they broke the fourth wall. They just yeah. they called people out. They said this guy's supposed changed the game. Yeah, this guy was supposed to be wrestling for this company, and they said no, so he's here now. And yep. and the guy would show up, and he would just crap talk all over ECW, saying he he deserved better than to be in some bingo hall. Yep. And I mean, that's I think because they started breaking that fourth wall is yep. what really kind of drew me in because I started watching WWE at that point in time, yep. and and it was. You know, they copied, obviously copied yeah, ECW for sure. for an, to an extent, yeah. and it was the same deal where they'd bring guys in from other companies for a few months and it didn't work out, and then yep. they'd make fun of them. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, you would get to see the new guys get hazed a little bit, even yep. on TV. Yep. And, like, uh, one that comes to my mind is Public Enemy. Yeah. Pub- the like, APA uh, killed them, didn't dude, they? Dude, <laughs> yeah, the Dudley boys did what Public Enemy <laughs> couldn't do, and that was... yeah. Uh, stand up through about 90 APA beatings, yeah. you know? And, yeah. And, and it sucks that Public Enemy didn't make it because yeah. I enjoyed Public Enemy, honestly. It's I mean, tough, you know, it's paying your dues. Like, in everything, it's all parallel, but that's what that was. I was, got to pay your dues. Yeah, and I mean... And how do you take that, you know? I mean, and that comes back to, like, if you look at Farouk and Bradshaw, Farouk had to be a blackjack first, you know? Or, yeah, Bradshaw, yeah. And then he... Yeah. yeah. Br- yeah. And then Justin he had, Hawk Bradshaw. Then he was Justin then he Hawk was Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was... He just got stuck with some... some yeah. Some and dorky. even the APA, you know, that got him kind of known, I guess, the most. But then he had his true calling at the end as JBL. JBL. You know, kind of a modern-day Ted DiBiase, million-dollar man type gimmick yeah. in a way. I like that. <laughs> I like that description of it. Yeah. It was like a Texas millionaire guy. It, it, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Like a J.R. Ewing from Dallas, and that's kind of all wrapped into one, and that's, you know, got him a world title and got him to the next level where he was just, you know, Bradshaw tag team wrestler before. Yeah. It's just taking a little bit of yourself and moving it to the next level. And You know, it's crazy. We were talking about peaks and valleys and watching wrestling, and that that right there, yeah. when, when Bradshaw was 
when his world title reign was over. Believe it or not, that was when I started getting less and less entertained with mm-hmm. wrestling. I mean, it was that was obviously when like Eddie Guerrero died, and then the yeah. whole Chris Benoit thing, and then yeah. there was a whole handful of retirements, and yeah. and the wrestling world kind of shifted yeah. really, really it big really, during that yeah. time period. And that's a I lot, had a dip then too. And a lot of people leaned on indie wrestling to fill in the holes yeah. where WWE was dropping the ball. Exactly right. And I'm not trying to call anybody out, but I mean like. I can only turn on SmackDown and watch the Basham brothers so many times. And it's nothing against the Bashams, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, but like you. it just it just felt like everything was glitzed and glamored more yep. and they tried to steal your eyes with flash instead of actually you know putting it, good storylines and talent in front of you. I was the same way. I was uh you know, I have never missed a Monday Night Raw. I mean, there are over a thousand episodes. I've never missed one. I've always <laughs> and I've probably saw ninety nine percent of them as they happen, uh, for the most part. But uh during that time, that was the dip. One of my dips in wrestling, I would still record it, but I would watch it on fast forward and stop every once in a while. So I'd, I'd get through a three hour, two, three hour show in 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, funny thing now is, which got me back into it more, is my daughter is eight years old. She absolutely loves pro wrestling. And it's like bringing me back to when I was a kid. Um, she's into it huge. So it, it's, it's hilarious uh, how into it she is. I mean, she won't let me fast forward through anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's awesome. You know, I was telling you the other, or the story from the other night about we were up till 3 a.m. and she loves the Royal Rumble and she was watching old Royal Rumbles. Yep. And it's 3 a.m. I'm like, L, we got to go to bed and just one more, just one more, you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking back to myself when I was younger. If I said, boy, if my my kid, son or daughter ever wanted to stay up all night watching wrestling, I'd be all about it. And here I am, the old the old man. No, we got to go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just no never kidding. thought I would be there, but here I am. Yeah, sixteen <laughs> yeah, year old you is just like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But boy, three a.m. is it's a long time yeah. for an old man like me. So uh, let's talk WWE. What's your favorite pay-per-view of, of most of the pay-per-views? I mean, obviously, they now have like a hell-in-the-cell pay-per-view. Yeah. They've, they still do an elimination chamber. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like they've got they, they gimmicked got out they gimmicked out their pay-per-views a yeah. little bit. But which one's your favorite? You um, know, still as a kid, my daughter loves it too. Uh, something about the Royal Rumble was always fun. Just yeah. The, you know, I remember as a kid when Axe drew number one or Smash, Axe and Smash were one and two. Yep, yep. We were just being like, holy cow. You know, what you are never they thought you'd do? see that. You know? And then Warrior and Hogan crossing each other's paths for the first time ever in the Rumble. Yeah, uh, That yeah. was like, as a, as a little kid, you're just, I never thought I'd see this, which obviously carried into WrestleMania six, which yep. definitely the high point of... Uh, my wrestling fandom and oh yeah i'll never i remember i was you know obviously i said earlier i'm a huge warrior fan but most uh-huh. were hulk fans at least yep. in my neighborhood in my school and everything and i even remember my parents saying oh warriors never gonna win and all this and they didn't like wrestling but i i went absolutely crazy when warrior won i mean that was one of the i remember jumping up and down throwing everything and screaming <laughs> and yelling but probably the royal rumble is probably my favorite get back to the question it's just something about it it's just cool it's something different you know wrestlemania is always fun but boy the last few years wrestlemania is like six seven hours long it's a long time yeah man it's a long time to sit and wait to get all the way through a show you know it's it's i understand like the pageantry and everything else but i feel like they could do with like a three or four hour wrestlemania tops and call it good enough yeah and and i get it that there's they got a lot of people on the roster and you got to get everyone a shot and get the pre-shows and and how are we going to squeeze everyone in? Because they're all coming anyways. You know, it's, there's no reason to have them all show up to 
WrestleMania town, wherever it happens to be at at that year. And so, I mean, they created like uh, the honor of the giant battle Royal, you know, they got a women's battle Royal to stuff as many people in there as they can. And it's cool because the fun part about that is they get to like bring in some NXT people every now and then and stuff. But that was also the fun part about the Royal Rumble Uh was the Royal Rumble was always like 28 or 29 guys from WWE and then all of a sudden, it's just like, and here's Jeff Jarrett from the NWA. And you're like, wait, yeah. what? Yep. Like, yep. Who is this guy? I remember back, gosh, was it, was it 2002, 2004, something like that? I remember Mr. Perfect came back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was an awesome one. I didn't, ex- I don't know if, I don't, must not have got out ahead of time or whatever. And then he he was into like the final three or four of that rumble. <laughs> yeah, I he remember, was. I remember sitting back thinking, holy cow, he's going to win. Yeah. And I missed that. Obviously, the, yep. the element of surprise doesn't happen like it used to, obviously. Yeah. Um, That's but, one thing I kind of tried to... I distanced myself from all the, you know, uh, the bleacher reports, yeah. the drudge sheets, whatever you want to call it, the dirt sheets. Yeah. I, I distanced myself the best I could from those to try to preserve the yeah. element of surprise for a lot of wrestling. Because... It was nice to know that, like, oh, so and so might get signed, and and so and so canceled mm-hmm. all. They they announced online that they canceled all the rest of their dates because they have something else yeah. coming up, and obviously they got signed, you yeah. know. So you find people, you find out the stuff before you actually, mm-hmm. you know, should, and especially like the who's coming out at the Royal Rumble, you know, this yeah. year or last year or whatever. And there's nothing against like, uh, I mean, I could deal without seeing like Sergeant Slaughter or a whole bunch of yeah. older dudes, but at the same time, it's cool when they come yeah. out, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool for like, a, you know, they're in and out in a minute and a half or something. It's cool. Yeah. I, I don't mind seeing it for that. You don't want to see a long 10, 15, 20 minute match with yeah. a Sergeant Slaughter at this point. <laughs> yeah, but, no uh, kidding. <laughs> some of those guys have something quick, but, you know, they've always thrown weird guys into them. Remember, like, was it 1990 or 91? Carlos Colon, of all people. Yeah. Never, yeah. They throw the weirdest guy. I'm like, what is this about? You yeah, know? Yeah, they would always bring it seemed like they always bring somebody yeah. from south of the border up yeah. too and it was super cool when they do that like yeah bringing some dude from uh triple a or yeah. ciml or something somebody you, know? you never saw uh-huh. or you maybe heard of you know so a lot of people uh my age and and older read a lot of the pwi wrestling magazine yep. and stuff like that it, you know back then uh, we talked about it too is i can't imagine what my life would have been if i had a wwe network as a kid i would yeah. have never left the house and kind of the equivalent <laughs> to the WWE Network as a kid, in a way, was wrestling magazines. You'd get yep. the Wrestler and Ring Insider and PWI, and that's the only time you'd ever see or hear from uh, a lot of those people. You're like, oh, who's this guy? He's down in some Texas, you know, and yeah. wherever. So. Yeah, there's some guy named Mil Mascaris that he yeah. takes his mask off. Yeah. He's got another mask. Yeah, he's got a thousand masks. It's just, Who is this guy? It's just insanity. <laughs> uh you're you're talking about like the back in the day the equivalent of having WWE Network was the magazines. Yeah. Um. And you also mentioned that you taped Raws. Did you end up taping over all your tapes? No. Or? Uh. I actually had a huge VHS collection. I mean, official releases and just tons of stuff. I like I taped every ECW episode off the Sunshine Network. I taped. I had it all forever. And a few of uh, the buddies that are wrestlers, uh, I gave some of the tapes to and and used to. Uh, lend to them but i think i ended up throwing them all away and oh, i replaced man. a lot of it with dvd you know the one thing at ecw i really miss because it's cool to see them on the network but none of that original music is there and yeah. seeing the sandman come out without inner sandman it's just yes in new jack without uh you know um i forget but Doc, yes. what is it, dr dre and uh california love yep. without hearing that when he comes out it's just it's not the same with that overdub cheesy music they got. So in a way, I wish I had my VHS tapes to get converted over to streaming or you know onto my yeah. computer or something. But yeah, I mean they had to. Is. 
that was like the crazy cool thing about like ECW was so small and so yeah. not well known that they could get away with copyright infringement. And I hate to yeah. say it that way, but it's they, true. If you go to a local wrestling show, they're not making enough money to justify paying a company to have a wrestler come out to you name it. I, yeah. I mean, ACDC back in black or whatever, you know, justifiably though, they should pay ACDC for using their song in a public entertainment format, but it's, it's understandable. Like yeah. I, I get where they're coming from. If there's, anywhere from 20 to 40 people in the crowd it doesn't make sense to yeah pay someone thousands of dollars yeah but like ecw would do that non-stop air it on tv nobody cared and it just went on for years and years and years yeah. like uh miserloo by dick dale you know ecw had that in their uh, vignettes at the end of their like everybody giving their interviews yep you know dick dale just died like a yep. week ago yes, bring it all all back together but uh <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, that was a crazy one, but they never paid for that. You know, no. they just played it. But, you know, in my mind, whenever I hear that song, I think of old school ECW. Yeah. And I mean, shout out to WWE for buying the tapes and doing it correctly yeah. through all the copyright, you know, necessities yeah. they needed to. They also didn't want to pay these artists and yeah. musicians. And I guess I don't blame them because the amount of old wrestling that people are probably watching on WWE Network would probably rack up a pretty hefty bill just for music alone. I can't alone. imagine, you know, if you think of ECW couldn't afford it, you know, and and WWE makes a million times more than ECW ever did, and they yep. can't afford it. Yeah, so exactly. Think of, think of how much that would cost. So, I mean, I get where you're coming from totally. Yeah. I, I miss having those uh, old songs on there, and it's weird to like watch some of the old ECW on the network yeah. and be like, wait, this isn't... It really kind of right. ruins it for me, even. I mean, it shouldn't, but it really does. Yeah, I've got some old uh, ECW DVDs, and mm -hmm. that's how I. that was my first introduction into really studying like what the heck was going on at the time because it was i would say about 10 years ago or so i was like all right let's let's plow through this ecw thing and see what yeah. all these years were about so of course i go to the torrent sites and i download all the ecw and i start buying dvds so i can watch pay-per-views in good quality and yeah and actually kind of figure out what's going on and then when you start turning on the network and you're like whoa wait a second something's <laughs> different about this yeah. even even as far as like they they didn't delete it from the master mix. They like overdubbed some of it. Uh -huh. So like they just pumped in fake crowd noise yeah, on top of, yeah, it just and, ruins it for me. And yeah, the other thing I don't like is some of the chants that they had in ECW are not necessarily PG and <laughs> not at all. So, uh, they, some of those even they overdubbed yeah. into completely different chants yeah. and it's, it's, yeah. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, and I guess in hindsight, it's better you can at least watch it than not have it up there at all. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, that's basically how I kind of justify yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> from a liability standpoint, it's probably all right if WWE has a network and their constituents don't want them. You know, yeah. people that paid money to go see the show screaming into ambient mics—the most yeah. horrible <laughs> things they could imagine. Man, ECW was was special for when where it was at and when it was at. It was like that end of the two thousands. I don't know if everybody mm -hmm. was scared of Y. 2k but I, yeah. I just feel like the general populace was uh kind of fed up with a lot of everything and, yeah. and ecw was a personification of that yeah, it, was, it was yeah it was total counterculture and totally different than anything else you ever saw and i think a lot of people would have totally bowed out of wrestling permanently if it wasn't for ecw back yeah then. i mean uh, uh that's fans and talent yeah. yeah i mean there were so many people that were 
talented, and they were either on the WCW side or the WWE side. Yeah, you think got, of like got, Shane got, Douglas. He yeah. was totally blackballed from both. So where did he go? It was all the misfits basically yep. out there, and it, and it worked. It was just different. I mean, think about it even like a Steve Austin situation. Yeah. Uh, leaves WCW. Uh, it's not like he wasn't signed by WWF at the time, WWE, but yeah. he needed a place to go yeah. for a while to yeah. keep – is relevance yeah and keep the tools sharp or whatever you know so you man some of his stuff in yeah in ecw is super funny he almost never wrestled yeah you know yeah, he, i think he, you only had a handful of matches it yeah, was just, all vignettes yeah he just came out there and crap talked and yeah. that's what turned him into the guy that he yeah. that everybody knows and loves is stone cold yep. steve austin you know and yep. god was it uh he called it like monday nyquil or something yeah. you know it was just you know it was funny steve austin's a weird one for me as a kid i was a huge wcw fan i liked Obviously, I liked Warrior and all that stuff in the WWF. I watched it all. I watched any wrestling I could get a hold of. ESPN used to have GWF and AWA. I yep. used to watch that as a kid too. Yep. But WCW was just there was more. There was blood. Yeah. Uh, you know the the late eighties. You know the transition from NWA to WCW. I just you know the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, the the Road Warriors. I mean, yeah. Sting. I loved all that stuff, and I was in the huge minority. Uh, especially late 80s, early 90s. Uh, everybody was WWF, yep, which, yep. which I did enjoy, but uh, that WCW stuff back then was just awesome. And that's where I love Steve Austin. I, to this day, I prefer stunning Steve Austin. Stunning Austin's. Steve Austin with the camera? Yeah. Oh, he's, when he was he's, a flying Brian Pillman, they yep. became the uh, Hollywood Blondes. But even before that, when he was Dangerous Alliance, and I loved that Steve Austin. And when he became the Attitude Era, it, was just, I, it wasn't the same for me. I don't know. You know, I feel the same kind of way because, like, if you, like, during while it happened, I remember, like, I was young enough where I was like, man, Steve Austin just being a dick to everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. why does everybody like him so yeah. much? You know, and it's like, you get older and you're like, oh, I totally get it, you know. Yeah. But then if you look back at the whole picture, you're like, man, he was way past his prime. He didn't, he didn't throw any good moves out it was just a brawler because he had had yeah. neck surgeries neck and issue and, with and, uh, and, owen uh, almost paralyzed him and stuff and he was basically just a brawler from then on yeah out. i mean his knees were blown out yeah. he, could, he couldn't do almost anything you almost never saw him uh, jump off a turnbuckle no. you know throw a suplex uh you know yeah. take a power bomb yeah. i mean and that's the other thing that i kind of didn't realize that i didn't enjoy so much about him was the fact that he like uh um, another wrestler's full move set would yeah. not apply to Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just yeah. like, I do these five moves, and Austin's like, I can't do three of those. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And it's not nothing against Austin. No. Because, you know. It worked. At the end of the day, he made more money doing dude, that than ever. So, exactly. Hey. You know, he did He did so good with what he had. So, yeah. I mean. But you go back to the early, you know, uh, USWA, uh, GWF stuff, and the early WCW stuff of his. I mean, totally different wrestler. Yeah. More totally. scientific, more moves. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's it is what it is, yeah. like you know. So today, for those of you that uh, have already forgotten, I'm sitting down with the Iowa Pizza King. It's it's uh, Kyle Peterson, and it's no relation to Troy uh, for no all the wrestling people that have tuned in. But uh, you not only like pizza, you not only like wrestling, but we've also discovered that you like heavy metal. Yeah. So let's talk Big a little time. bit about music. You you travel for your job, yeah. and that also affords you the opportunity to be in big cities at the time that shows go on. Yeah. So, uh, what are some of your favorite bands? Or uh... you know, I uh, like I, like you're saying, I got an eight state area. I travel, and lately this year's been tough. I've been stuck in the office, unfortunately, a lot this year. But you know, I have to get to Kansas City. I got to get to Omaha. I got to get to Minneapolis. I got to get to Chicago, Madison, Wisconsin. 
Um, uh, so I would go for work and, hey, I got to go within this week or so. Let's see what bands are playing. And I get a pizza. I get to go see a band and I go to work the next day. I mean, it, it really works out it, better than just sitting in my hotel room. Oh, um, yeah. For sure. So, you know, bands, and I talked earlier, I'm an 80s metal guy. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. all time favorite band is Motorhead. Uh, <laughs> nice. I absolutely love Motorhead. I mean, I've seen them. I. 20 plus times i went on both motorhead cruises oh I dang mean, I, I love motorhead and you know i got i've gotten into so many bands because of them opening for motorhead and yeah um i just i really miss the old motorhead every year you knew there was gonna be a new album or a live album and a big tour yeah i would see him you know three or four times on that tour um, <laughs> yeah man. you know so i really missed that it was it hit me pretty hard uh when lemmy died i mean you knew it was coming i remember the motorhead cruise was two months before he died uh-huh. and i remember uh the last night of the cruise he played they played their final show at the cruise and i went back to my hotel room with my wife and i said you know what i just got this feeling i'm never gonna see lemmy again i said i gotta go see him i know he's playing uh video poker and uh, blackjack and stuff, you know. He yeah, plays those. that was like Ollie. What do you know? I walk in the casino. There he is sitting there. I mean, he had his guards and stuff with him because obviously, if it was a normal uh, casino, he'd be probably fine. Yeah. But on a, his own cruise with yeah. you know two thousand some people on there, yeah, he can't really. He needs security at that, exactly. at that point. And I think Lemmy would have been cool enough to meet with anybody. He was always awesome. Uh huh. Um, but uh, yeah, he couldn't. But I got to sit there and look at him one last time, just knowing I, I just something said this is the last time I'm ever going to see him. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you know the shows weren't as good at the end as obviously the prime and yeah, uh, you know he he killed it to the end. I love every album. A lot of people say, oh, the Ace of Spades. I mean, he's so much more than the Ace of Spades. Yeah. Um, I go on and on about Motorhead, but you know, current bands I love. Uh, Clutch, you know, they've been. I've loved Clutch for a long time. Uh-huh. You know, I remember I saw 14 shows in a row a couple <laughs> years Jesus. ago with Clutch. Um, you know, there's a lot of new up and coming bands people probably haven't heard of, uh, unless you're in the deep circles of of uh, metal. But I, I love uh, there's a band called Gygax out there that used to be uh, some of the members of Gypsy Hawk, if anybody remembers them. Uh, Night Demon's an upcoming band. I know yeah. you know Night Demon. Yep. I love Night Demon. I've seen them a ton. Yeah, I uh, got the opportunity to play with them last year, actually. Yeah. Uh, opened up for them with Three Finger Betty. Yep. That's a hell of a good And that's the great thing. Time. I love the younger up-and-coming bands that are hungry. And, and they're playing, you know, they're playing Minneapolis Monday. They're playing Des Moines on Tuesday, Kansas City on Wednesday, and Omaha on Thursday. Yep. You know, that's old school. That's, you know, Iron Maiden did that. I, I looked at the other day at an Iron Maiden tour uh, schedule, and they went from, like, Des Moines to Fort Dodge. They played what? Fort Dodge in like 1982 or 81. What? Yeah. Fort, I don't know where they played in Fort Dodge, but... Probably the Laramar Ballroom? I don't <laughs> I know. I don't know. But you think back back in the day, that's how bands did it. They played Davenport, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Fort Dodge, you know, maybe Council Bluffs or Omaha. I mean, they they toured and hit a lot of towns. And yeah. These young bands are doing that, you know, and, and living in Des Moines is tough for the bigger bands because a lot of time they fly over Des Moines, you know, it's, yeah. they go to Chicago and then they go to Kansas city or they go to Chicago, they go to Minneapolis and Des Moines, unless it's the second leg of a tour, most likely you're not getting one of those shows. Exactly. Yeah. And that's tough, but that's, that's one of the most unfortunate parts about being around here. I do feel like it's starting to change a so little bit, a little, but there's been a lot of progress, but you know, and yeah, the nice thing is, uh, if you live in Des Moines, Kansas city is only three hours. Minneapolis is three hours. Yeah. Omaha is two hours. Yeah. Chicago's five. It's a little bit of a, a drive, but you know, I'm going to Chicago and gosh, I think it's a month for, uh, the misfits. With, oh, nice. Uh, cool. 
I, you know, obviously they're not going to be what they used to be. Yeah, but original I've, lineup. Though, yeah, right? I want to see. I want to see. You know, Jerry and Danzig, and and uh, it's a good undercard too for it uh, with Venom Inc. Uh, you know, Venom. It's no, no Cronus Venom, but it's uh, Tony Dolan. Um, great band. I don't, not a lot of people probably check them out, but they're great. And then Power Trip, uh, young up and coming yep. band. Uh, really recommend checking them out. A couple All years right. ago, Nightmare right. Logic was our new one. I mean. Uh, awesome new thrash metal i mean it, it, a shot in the arm to music i mean i really cool. recommend checking them out there piece opening. of power trip power trip yeah. Right. yeah they're actually playing vaudeville muse like two nights before oh cool uh, that misfits uh, they're doing a little run beforehand so well, maybe i'll have to go check that yeah, one out I think man. it's like a thursday april 26th or whatever that thursday is yeah. around there well, that's cool but i definitely recommend you know it's old school it reminds me of old school exodus a little bit you know you got stage oh, divers you got yep. it's crazy um, so definitely worth checking them out. That's awesome. So it's it's kind of crazy. That I, I'm still a little bit blown away that you and I actually like haven't ever met or talked or become. <laughs> yeah, did some... we just become best friends? Yeah, well, maybe. You know, <laughs> high fives. You yeah, know. that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I do feel like the two of us have kind of like uh, lived parallel lives. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, because we even talked about how uh, your place of employment was the same as my place yeah, of employment yeah, through we... most of my. Uh, both worked you, 14 years for a large retailer yes. in the Iowa area. Uh, I bet you can I give you two guesses and the first one doesn't count. <laughs> you know, that's uh I'm sure you can figure out which one it is. Yeah. And that's just kind of crazy to think that uh I mean, is is it just because we're in Iowa that our lives are parallel to one another or is it just because of the like the choices that are available here are yeah. is is every town here a cookie cutter of the next one big and small because I mean, you're from bigger city. I'm from a smaller town. Yeah. And you and I both grew up with thin crusts, yeah. you know, square cut pizzas. Uh, you know, we got into pro wrestling. You know, we both like metal music. Yep. And it's like, how does this all happen and seem to to be that way in the, in the small town area? Because, I mean, it's not like everyone in Iowa is exactly like us. But it seems like um, there's a lot of us. You know, you know? You know, it's funny you say that, but I don't know if it's ingrained into the Midwestern male, maybe. I don't know, because you think back to the old days of wrestling, the AWA and uh, Central States was such a huge part of wrestling in the Midwest. Um, everybody watched it. I think it was on like Saturday afternoons and Saturday nights. Everybody, I mean, my great grandpa was nonstop about it. Yeah. Know? It seems to kind of skip a generation a little bit. Uh, but everybody grew up knowing, and you know, you hear everybody, all these old guys, oh, Bulldog Bob Brown, you know, yep, you hear that yeah. all the time. Yeah, Bulldog Bob. That's if you talk to my old man, that's all he yeah. says. Oh, Bulldog Bob Brown there at the show. It's yeah, like, exactly. No, sorry. Oh, Harley that. Race there. I mean, you hear some of those yep. old ones that were central uh, stalwarts or whatever. But then you go back to the '70s of hard rock, you know, or metal. I always say it was born out of hard rock, basically, yep. and. Iowa, the Midwest, was huge for hard rock. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where you Kiss Alive won. Part of that was uh, in Davenport is where that was recorded. Oh, really? So, I mean, they've always had a strong uh, a strong rock base out of, you know, Iowa, the Midwest. And then you go to pizza, the pizza in the Midwest, square cut, cheesy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I think it's like ingrained into <laughs> us a little bit, you know? I wonder if it has something to do with like... Uh... You know, just where all the pieces of the puzzle fell, where like most yeah. of us are like, you know, uh, I want to say most of us are Scandinavian-ish. Yeah. But, you know, it's like we're either Scandinavian That's or true. German. 
you know, for the most part around here. And it's and it's that mix go. of those two. And where is the one of the most popular places for heavy metal music it's in the world? It's right there in yeah. Germany. Yeah. I mean, two of the biggest. And that's me, Peterson, you know, that's Swedish <laughs> and yeah. It's, yeah. And I mean I'm I'm mostly Swedish and when yeah. I'm not, I'm mostly German. So yeah. it's it's kind of crazy when you think about that. You know, like Germany has uh, like Halloween, Gamma Ray, Scorpions. There's so many. Except is one of my I mean, favorites. Creator, Destruction. I mean, we can go on and on. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to lump all of the Scandinavian countries into one, you, we could just keep going along for a long time. I mean, earlier today we had mentioned Enforcer. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're going on a tour uh yeah. this upcoming i mean it's, it's just in a fall. couple it's like months september october is it september yeah, it's a ways out but but yeah i mean we were talking 53 shows in 53 days i think it is it's crazy yeah and I'm, like, <laughs> we were wondering like is they just have like a 60 day visa yeah. and they're packing it in as Gotta absolutely in. tight as they can because i i mean i've been to a, tons and tons and tons and tons of concerts and i mean tons and tons and tons of wrestling shows and stuff like that but there's still always new bands new wrestlers new everything yeah. that you kind of still want to go see and as as much as i still go to shows i mean i like the last show i went to was the strawberry girls and like nobody knows who that is but it's like math rock meets yeah. some sort of like gent music of some sort it's <laughs> it's tough to describe there's yeah. no words uh but like those are the kind of shows I seek out now is the shows with the bands that I know are on the way up. Yeah. And if if they aren't, they should be kind of deal, yeah. you know. So like uh I would definitely put Enforcer in in that group that I'm you mentioned right earlier, you know, with, with you. With like your Bewitchers, um Bewitcher, Night Demons we talked about, but even like yeah. Warbringer who Enforcer's playing with, yeah. you know, another they've been around, I don't know, five albums maybe something like that, but they're another awesome. There is good metal still out there. There's good music still out there. It's just not as easy to find as it once was. You got to work for it to find those bands, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I go back to I was nine years old. It was the same year Ultimate Warrior won the heavyweight yeah. title. Uh, but that's when I found heavy metal. Uh, my first band I ever loved was Faith No More. I still love Faith No More to this day. Yeah. Uh, and they had on the Real Thing album. Epic was a huge hit for them, but the whole album was awesome. Surprise, you're dead. There's just some great ones on there. Yeah. But they did a song, a cover of War Pigs, Black Sabbath, War Pigs, obviously. Well, nine-year-old Kyle didn't know Black Sabbath from a hole in the wall. And uh, that ended up, I saw that, and I saw there was a cassette tape of uh, Black Sabbath Paranoid. It had War Pigs on it, and bam, I got it. And uh, away I went from there in the metal world. You know, it's kind of crazy that a lot of these parallels we keep having coming up where, like, I also opened up for Chuck Mosley of Faith No More oh, okay. at yeah. a show. And that was, unfortunately, right yeah, before he right died. right before he died. I like, was going to be at that show, and I had an emergency meeting in Chicago, and I missed it. Yeah, it's... The, yeah. the show was was good it was great to see him and stuff but it was also kind of tough to see him because you knew you that knew something, something was up, was up. Yeah. and uh that was that was like the toughest part about the show i think yeah. was, was it was it, like a week or two weeks later he died yeah and he was super nice i yeah. mean he was i i've don't think i've met very many famous people who were outwardly just a dick you know yeah. like most famous people are, are pretty nice yeah. most of them are yeah but I mean, like, Chuck was the kind of guy that was just, like, he came up and shook your hand first, and he's just like, hey, you know, you're opening for, it's so great, I'm thank, you know, thank you yeah. for doing this for me and all this other stuff, and, oh, hey, I like your gear, you care if I use this thing here, you know, so I loaned him a pedal to use oh, for the wow. night, so it's just kind of neat stuff where it's like, yeah, I don't care, go ahead and use it, you know, and yeah. so... It, it's just it's so weird that you and I have so many parallels where like some of your favorite bands are people that I've I obviously went back and got those first two Faith No More albums with Chuck because I didn't know of them before but I love those albums too a lot yeah. of people don't I feel bad for Chuck 
You know, Mike uh, Patton is something yeah. crazy. I mean, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. I can't say I think Faith the Moore made the right decision there. Yeah, obviously. Oh, totally. Yeah. But Chuck, I mean, totally an underdog and feel yes. bad what happened to him at the end of his life. That's for sure. Yeah. It was such a sad deal. And I yeah. mean, that's something else that like, uh, I never really thought that I mean, I don't consider myself an entertainer, even though to some aspect, yeah. I guess I am. I have I got a podcast. I'm in a couple bands, mm-hmm. you know, that whole nonsensical stuff of just ho- hobbies that have gone awry. Yeah. But when yeah. you actually get to run into some of these people who are really actually entertainers who went out and did it and they have been doing it. And they've been through this war of attrition with themselves and the general populace yeah. to just keep going out there and performing and performing. And and to see some of them have, have passed away or, or like we've talked a little bit about the roller coaster yeah. ride of of. I mean, just like WWE in general and, and just everything. Everybody goes on one of those throughout the course of their life, you know, and it's 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 weird to sit back and have, have actually been playing these shows with people or seen them throughout so many years that you can actually watch people go on their own roller coasters. And it's it's kind of humbling to yourself to think that, like, you know, I myself am probably going through the same things this person is, but it's not as obvious to me because it's yeah, me. Exactly you know? right. I was so, just going to say that. It's a roller coaster of life. Everybody, you know, you see these other people, well, heck, I'm probably on that same thing. Like, oh, I got a job here, a promotion here, I started a family here, uh, lost my job here, or whatever it might yeah. be. Everybody's on that roller coaster. I guess when you, it's your, your own, you don't look at it as hard. You know, I always think back, I would have loved to have been a wrestler as a kid. I was like, gosh, I could be a wrestler. And, you know, getting out of college i said hey do i what do i want to do well i went to college yeah you know it was probably the right decision at the end of the day yeah um but i would have loved to have been a wrestler or a musician or something like that or followed one of my passions but i went to college and then i got a real job and had had an opportunity you know i worked out hard i was you know a pretty rock hard 260 pounds you know i looked the part of a wrestler but i just never pulled the trigger because you know well i got a really good job here i got a chance for promotion and uh, did I make the right decision? Yeah, probably. I'm not a gambler or anything, you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, I, I don't know, took the money and ran or something, I guess yeah. you'd say. But, you know, I, you're always going to say, what if? What, what if, if I would have went yep. after it? And that's why I respect all these young bands out there and, and uh, indie wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Are, you know, hey, maybe I'm not getting paid at all, but I'm driving four hours to a show. And same for a band. Hey, yeah. maybe I'm just getting a percentage of the bar or whatever. Yeah. You know, but I'm doing it for the love of it and to get better and hopefully better myself and get the bigger opportunity. You know, it's about paying dues. Oh, yeah, you totally. Know, even in like my work life, I remember, you know, uh, starting off at a major chain in Iowa and, and working yep. as, you know, cans and bottle boy to sacker to checker to department manager to, you know, yeah. assistant manager of the store and and then uh, same thing with uh, working for some big uh, snack food companies and bread companies, you know, starting as a merchandiser and a sales rep and a, a fill-in sales rep into management and now up to an executive level, you know, it's just yeah. working hard and paying your dues and whatever you do. I mean, I guess whatever, the answer is whatever you do, do it well and do the best you can at it. Yeah. I mean, give it your all. That is, that is genuinely just some great advice for life. Yeah. And I mean, just Any from, no, just from knowing you for, you know, the amount of time that I have, I feel like just from getting to know you the little bit, it's, I've noticed that you, find something you like you stick with it and you just keep going with it until you've got it in a place where you like it whether it be yeah you know your musical and enjoyment that you draw from like all the music or just going to wrestling shows being a fan uh you decided not to be a wrestler but you're still close to the community yeah you know uh i mean all of it it's being passionate about whatever you do and having a passion you know for day in day out stuff you know i'm uh 
a little addictive personality is what I got. I mean, yeah. I, I know I'm basically straight edge. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Never done drugs. Nothing ever. Because I know <laughs> the way my personality is, it wouldn't go well. It yeah. wouldn't end well for me. Yeah. It just wouldn't. And, you know, I'll put that into a band or whatever. I love the band. I'm getting every CD the band ever did. I'm going to every show I can get to. Uh, you know, I, I have a massive wrestling figure collection that I've worked yeah. on yeah. for a long time and i can't just buy oh i just like two guys out of the set no i gotta get the whole set yep and yep. it's just it's the way i am it's full bore or no bore i guess yeah and i mean Which, i mean it's worked so far exactly like <laughs> we had discussed how that that can actually be a blessing and not a curse if you yeah. apply it in the correct way and it, yep. it seems like you're doing a pretty good yeah, job of it you know like i'm on vacation this week from work but i'm still checking my email for work every five minutes and <laughs> yeah. taking phone calls and yeah it's just what I do. So, you know, another 30 years or so, I'll retire and I can have all the time in the world to do, hopefully, yeah. everything I want to. We're uh, getting pretty close to an hour. We've yep. uh, discussed probably the most hot button issues that we had we had kind of thought about discussing, which was obviously pizza. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's what brings us to the table. Exactly. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, I mean, then there was pro wrestling, which is something that was really, really big in my life and, and still is very big in your life, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to all the indie wrestlers out there doing the things they do because I don't think you guys realize how much entertainment value you're adding to some of our lives. And uh, yeah. I mean, there was years and years and years where that was, if I was going to put money into something, it was probably either going to be a, a pro wrestler's pocket via a t-shirt sale or a promoter's pocket via a ticket sale, you know, yeah. and, and props to all the, you know, everyone. Cause wrestlers come and go promotions come and go, but like those memories are going to last forever. And I mean, it goes that way for going to you know concerts and stuff yeah. like that. You you're just gonna remember it forever, you yep. know. And yep. so if you got anybody else you want to give any shout outs to while we're still here? Uh, I guess I better say hi to my wife, Angie, and my daughters, Emma and Al. All so right. They're always uh part of me and our our dogs. We we got a, a couple of uh two new puppies, uh Corgi Poos. Oh if nice. Leave it. So uh <laughs> named Lemmy. Le oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Yep. Yeah, Lemmy and Domino. So. I was going to say Lemmy and Lemmy. <laughs> yeah, Lemmy and Lemmy. Both Lemmy. It's crazy. <laughs> it just sit, worked out. Sit, Lemmy. Yeah, yeah. there. Good yeah. dogs. Yep. <laughs> just trying to save your breath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I just want to say thanks again for uh, you know yeah, swinging up to uh, my hometown of Humboldt, Iowa, and, and stopping into Pasquale's and grabbing a slice yeah. or five with me. You know. Yeah, and, I mean, it was we did some damage. I don't want to know how many calories we put. We should say we had... Obviously, the control, the sausage pepperoni. And then yep. we went with my favorite of the uh, outside regular, the taco. Yes. And, you know, uh, Pasquale's is a great taco pizza. Yeah. It is actually one of my favorites. And it's been a long time since I've had it. Um, very, very good uh, taco pizza. I, re I strongly recommend that one. Don't get it with tomatoes. I, yeah. Tomatoes don't belong. I think we can both agree on <laughs> yes, that. Yes, we can. Leave the tomatoes off the taco pizza. Well, it's so funny. I ordered, I was like, can I get the tomatoes on the side? And then I was like, do you want anything taken off of this and put on the side? And you were like, no, just, I don't like the tomatoes either. And I was like, all right, cool. Yep. All right. So we actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> it did. And that's the one thing I always get from people too on pizza. We talked about this too is, well, how do you like pizza if you don't like tomatoes? Yeah. yeah well, there's pizza sauce. That's uh, tomato sauce. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's not the same. It's Come on, not people. The same thing. Don't bring that to me anymore no, because it is not the same as eating like a fresh tomato. It's oh, nowhere near. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, so, fresh tomato. Get out of town. But I will. That. I would say you know Pasquale's is one of the best. If you've never been there, get there. You know. I, 
I'm going to hear breaking the news here first. Yeah. I'm going to give that an eight slices out of 10. Oh, nice. Actually a middle eight slices out of 10. So that, that's a strong, strong rating. It's definitely worth the drive on a Saturday or something. You need to come up here. I, I was shocked to hear they don't have their breakfast pizza on the menu. I don't yeah, believe which, that's, that's, that's some... what's known to their frozen pizza. That's yeah. the gold standard yeah. for breakfast pizzas. Yeah. Uh, you are hundred percent correct yeah. on that. It's like you go places and everybody knows Pasquale's via yeah. The breakfast pizza. Yep. Or, ironically, this is another crazy one. Uh, there's no shortage of small-town bars in Iowa that have Pasquale's either yeah. breakfast pizza, regular yeah. frozen pizzas, or even their sandwiches like yeah. in, in the bar yeah. for sale. And it's like, that's wild. It is. You know, I was I was in Des Moines the other day at a, a podcast meetup, and they had a promotion set up in the, in the building for something that was going on. And it was some bar in Des Moines that had Pasquale's pizza. You know, that was like their pizza they had there. Yeah. I was like, how is... How's it that you're a bar that's known for pizza, but you only cook Pasquale's Frozen, yeah. you know? And honestly, Pasquale's Frozen is pretty is. darn good. It's made with love up here in uh, Humboldt. You know, they got a crew working on them. It's not some, like, uh, not throwing Nestle Jack's pizza or whatever under the bus, but, you know, that's obviously a conveyor belt pizza made in a huge factory. This is yeah. actually done handmade and stuff. And yeah. It's a good frozen pizza. It's worth the extra couple of dollars for sure. Oh, yeah, totally. And I was telling you, I think I've had literally thousands of Pasquale's frozen pizzas <laughs> yeah. in my life working uh, at the grocery store and demoing it every single weekend yeah thousands yeah totally man <laughs> so uh i just want to say thanks again for swinging up here to join me for a bite and uh talk yeah. wrestling and music and, and pizza and all things that are the the iowa pizza king so anytime so uh do you know off the top of your head what your iowa pizza king is it at ia pizza king correct yeah so it's at yep. ia pizza king on facebook yep go there give it a follow give it a like and please if you guys got any recommendations of places i just got a recommendation for a place in oscaloosa the other day i mean oh cool i've been to a ton of them but there's always sleeper ones especially in small towns that i don't yes. know about so yeah please Pe send me yeah people in the small town even big towns just yeah I, i'm very uh a big proponent of people online reaching out to other people just yeah. you know shoot kyle a message on at yeah, ia yeah, pizza king go. and and let him know where the good pizza is at because i'm even interested to hear this i'm i tell you what i'm not one to go online and, and go to these websites where people are like my opinion matters the most but kyle's eating a lot of pizza he's he's sometimes funny about how he reviews yeah. places I like your style of how many pizza slices out of 10. Like I, I just dig a lot of what you're doing. So uh, I'd, I'd believe him more than I believe anybody. So if even if you got a, you got a pizza place somewhere, hit up Kyle yeah. and, and have him come over. Well, I'll definitely try. I'll be honest with the review and everybody's got different tastes. It's just my opinion on it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm nobody special, but I'm just putting it out there. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so thanks again for joining me, man. I uh, really appreciate it. And you know, just, just thanks. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was The King. The King has left the building. Thanks again to Kyle for stopping by the podcast and for doing all the awesome things he does because I definitely enjoy checking him out online and uh, seeing what kind of places he's eating at. The pizza looks so good. You guys have no idea. You got to follow him online and check out all the pizza he's eating. It's, it looks so delicious. Be sure to check out Audible Farm online. Did you guys know that you can go to www.audiblefarm.com? You can. Try it. Isn't it neat? Yeah, I, I, I bought a website. It's the first time I've ever actually done that. I've built dozens and dozens and dozens of websites throughout the course of my life. And this is the first website that I've ever actually bought the URL for. So check out audiblefarm.com. I'm serious. It's there. 
You can like us on Facebook, too, if you don't want to check out the website. We are on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. It's at Audible Farm. Real easy to remember. So we're all over there, too. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel that might be where you're listening to this right now. You can subscribe. Then you can uh, make sure you never miss out on another podcast again. Just go to YouTube and search for Audible Farm. We're there. We have uh, podcasts. We've got band videos. There's more there. I've, I've definitely done my fair share of things to the Audible Farm YouTube channel. There's tons of content on there, and I'm always looking to add more. Send us an email if you got any suggestions, uh, want to drop us a line about something. Maybe if you want me to interview you. I don't know. Hit me up. At audiblefarm at gmail.com. That's audiblefarm at gmail.com. So shoot me a line. I'd like to uh, like to hear what you think. Leave us a review wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, every podcast streaming service seems to have some way to review the podcast or the episode. So uh, drop us five stars. Leave it a like. You know, uh, Share it if you want to. Uh, thanks again to Kyle for coming on the podcast. I had such a great time sitting down with Kyle Peterson. It's not every day you get to sit down with royalty. So it's pretty awesome to have the king around. So, yeah, I bet it's good to be the king. I really do. I, I wouldn't have any idea, but he does because he's the king. He's the pizza king. Thank you guys for listening. I really had a great time with this episode. I, I had a super great time sitting down with Kyle. Uh, it's su- it's just fun to meet these people and see what's make you know just what makes them tick. And Kyle was a fun guy. I, I could see myself and him hanging out quite a bit. You know, it's we seem to be on the same wavelength. So thanks, Kyle. If you're uh, tuning into the, your own episode, I really appreciate you stopping by and grabbing a slice with me. And uh, thank you guys again for listening. This has been episode number 29 of the Audible Forum podcast, and I was your host. My name is Peter Stockdale. I'll catch you next week with an awesome episode once again. Peace.